0: Welcome back, everyone, to Appalachia After Dark. This is our second episode, and we will be discussing the Appalachian Trail. This is Alina. Hey, this is Morgan. And we are really excited to be talking about the Appalachia Trail. Morgan will be providing some background and some information about the Appalachian Trail. And I will be talking about my friend's experience, who has been on the hiking the Appalachian Trail for seven years, So, we have some really interesting information, and this will be a two-part episode.
1: So, I just want to give a little bit of background and facts about the trail before Alina shares some of the stories from her friend and get going. So, if you're talking about the Appalachian Trail north to south, it actually starts in Maine, and it's a mountain range that goes all the way down through until you get to Springer Mountain in Georgia. So, that's 14 states that it's going through, so you've got Georgia at Springer Mountain, up through North Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Vermont, New Hampshire, and then Maine at the very end. But over a quarter of that whole trail is actually in Virginia. So you might hear a lot of people say they have the Virginia blues because they've hiked in the same state for so long.
0: That would be... Exhausting. Yes. (laughs) But the good news
1: is, once you hit West Virginia, that's the shortest trail, and that's only four miles through that whole
0: state. And when you back out and just not talk about the Appalachian Trail, but you look at Appalachia in a whole, Mm -hmm. the only state consumed by Appalachia is West Virginia interesting yeah kentucky split in half mm-hmm. and there're just a few counties in mississippi and in georgia and alabama and yeah. then it is absolutely consumed I'm oh, so west, sorry, virginia. west virginia
1: <laughs> <laughs> um and so when you're looking at that though you've only got that 4 miles there in west virginia all together it is 2189 miles long
0: and people walk that right so you
1: have what you call through hackers and section hackers So a through hiker would start either in Maine or in Georgia, and they're going to do the entire trail at once. And you have section hikers who may come in and do, you know, the four miles in West Virginia, or they may come in and do a couple miles here and there, just little sections of it.
0: How long would it take to through hike it? I mean, I know everybody goes on a different pace, but do you know the average? Yeah, so it usually takes anywhere from five
1: to seven months to be able to do the entire thing if you're going to through hike it. Um, that, you know, the average hiker's pace is about three miles an hour, and it may be a little slower for anyone who is like starting on the trail, but after you get sort of some confidence and gaining some muscle, you're going to end up going a little bit faster than that.
0: I don't
1: know. <laughs> well, you know, that's <laughs> that's not everybody, of course. And most hikers will actually start at Springer Mountain in Georgia in the spring, and they're going to head up north until you get to Maine because those northern mountains are really snowy and cold into the spring, and that way it'll be a little clearer by then because you can't really um, traverse the trail in one uninterrupted Uh, trip sometimes if it gets like that. Wow, the weather would be a huge factor. Oh, absolutely. Um, And you have some people who will section hike but end up wanting to do the entire trail just in sections. And so that can actually take years for some people to be able Mm -hmm. to do the whole thing.
0: Well, much respect to anybody who does any of that.
1: Yeah, you know, I just came back from part of the Appalachian Trail when I was vacationing. But I did not do (laughs) big sections of it at all. (laughs) Did they maintain it? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty well maintained because there are so many people that use it. I mean, you Mm -hmm. have thousands of people who hike this every year. Okay. And the tallest peak for the Appalachian Trail is actually where I was at a couple days ago, really. Um, And it's called Clingman's Dome. And it's in the Great Smoky Mountains uh, National Park, which we talked about on our last episode. And that is at 6,643 feet above sea level.
0: I can't even add on that. And that picture of that is on our social media on um, Instagram. Yep. And I know for some people who are
1: thinking maybe of the Rocky Mountains or some of those taller mountain ranges, that may not seem like very much. But because of the way the trail is, you're doing a lot of um, ascents and descents. So if you are a through hiker, you are getting a total elevation gain of about um, 16 climbs of mountain every So you doing the Appalachian Trail is as if you were doing Mount Everest 16 times as far as the way you're going to get elevation changes.
0: You're going to have some pretty nice-looking calves after that mess. They're going to be fabulous.
1: (laughs) Absolutely fantastic. (laughs) Have
0: you seen my thighs? (laughs) They're amazing.
1: (laughs) You're going to crack walnuts with those puppies,
0: okay? (laughs) I would if I wasn't allergic
1: to them. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We'll find something else to crack open for you.
0: (laughs) A bottle of wine. There you go.
1: Um <laughs> so it's really amazing to think of people who are hacking that all the way through. And you have Benton McKay to thank for that because he's the guy who that came up with the idea of the Appalachian Trail. And there is like an old wives tale maybe that he thought of the story or he thought of the idea and wrote about it and um, while he was sitting in a tree looking over the mountains in like the nineteen twenties, which I think is pretty cool.
0: Well, I mean he has some inspiration. That's right. That was it that's really I just I just can't conceptualize the enormous distance. I guess. Yeah. I, I just can't. I, I don't know. Well,
1: and for him, he he could like he could think about it, but he mm-hmm. didn't actually do any work to make it happen. I
0: um, like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> my kind of guy.
1: <laughs> he's definitely an ideal man. Um, but. That is because he had a really bad fallout with Myron Avery, and he was the chairman of the Appalachian Trail Conservancy Group, and that started in 1925. And so if you think about the fact that Benton thought about this idea in 1921, they started this group in uh, 1925, and by 1937, it was completed. That's amazing. Isn't that crazy to think about? Like
0: over two thousand miles they got it together. That takes some skillful planning without cell phones. I mean oh, wow. <laughs> you you know, you couldn't just text each other no. quickly or
1: email like it, yeah.
0: Just send a raven. No wait. <laughs> That's Game of Thrones. <laughs>
1: And an owl, like Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking birds delivering mail, there's they, lots of possibilities. I'd rather have
0: it. I'd rather have an owl. Yeah.
1: Oh, me too. Just not attacking me. <laughs> no, please. Uh, you know, leave my eyeballs alone. <laughs> so, um, even though it was done in 1937, there was actually time that they couldn't use about probably two or 300 miles of the trail because a hurricane ended up hitting in New England and then a parkway was built in Virginia that ended up sort of splitting the trail and they had to like rework it a little. Mm. Um, And even though... You now have those through-hikers that can do all of those miles. It wasn't until 1948 that somebody did a through-hike on the Appalachian Trail. And his name was Earl Schaefer, and he did it because he, quote, um, wanted to walk the Army out of a system.
0: Got the PTSD. It probably yep. really helped.
1: Yeah, he was a World War II vet from Pennsylvania, um, and being able to just, like, be alone in nature, um, walking the entire trail really helped him out as so much that he ended up doing it again in 1965 and in 1998 and in 98 he was 79 years old he's my hero I, I mean, brother. I'm sitting on my ass <laughs> recording a podcast, <laughs> and 79-year-olds are out hiking, you know, 2,000 miles plus.
0: Well, and back in the day, like, after the World War II, I don't think that the counseling system was set up like it is now, and people didn't get the treatment they needed. So, for him to say, I'm going to walk that out of my system, it's extremely therapeutic. Oh, absolutely. It, it's amazing to me that he, I mean... did that and that was his
1: self-care to be able to get through all of that and
0: and things are so busy we don't get to do self-care like we should
1: absolutely and I you know I think that you probably have a variety of reasons that people do these the hikes do the through um it could be for therapeutic reasons challenging yourself you know whatever the case may be every year about 2,500 people attempt a through hike but only a quarter of them actually end up doing it
0: so what is that?
1: How many people is there? Oh, my God. I became a social worker because I can't do math. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So a quarter of 2,500.
0: 625.
1: So of 2,500 people, only about 625 actually make that through hack hike every year. And that's for a lot of different reasons, whether you just get fatigued on your way, if you have an illness, um, or if you end up having an injury and having to come off the trail. That's a lot of the reasons that people aren't able to do that and end up dropping out um, through your mid-hike. So, if you think, well, you know, obviously you have to be in like prime physical condition then if you're going to be able to do that through hike, let me tell you, you don't. Again, you had a 79 year old that we know of that did that in 1998. But there's also Emma Gatewood, who was 67 when she did it. At that point, she had 23 grandbabies, I, I can't even imagine. Um, but she did that through hike in 1955, and people as old as 81 or as young as five years old have also done the through hike people who are blind have done it, and folks who have been amputees.
0: Well, I was going to ask about training, like, did you need to train for this? And so the answer is really no. Um,
1: I would think that you just want to make sure that this is the first time we've ever gone hiking. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, if you're going to attempt a thru-hike, do a couple sections first. Um, I'm certainly not in anyone's estimation of peak physical condition, and I would never attempt uh, over 2,000 miles, but I'll get out and do sections. You know, we did Klingman's mm-hmm. um, Dome, which, let's be honest, is not much but it's quite an elevation change so um, for instance we went with friends who were from Louisiana living in Baton Rouge so it was really difficult on her to climb the hill because she felt like she couldn't get any air in her lungs because it's such a big
0: elevation change for hers well she's below sea level <laughs> right, she's Baton Rouge
1: <laughs> she felt like somebody had just squeezed her lung and they wouldn't couldn't get air into it so we stopped a lot to be able to make sure that she was okay with hiking so please if you do plan on hiking any of this make sure that you think about those sorts of things you know if you're living below sea level um, Mm -hmm. and having to get this big elevation change
0: take your inhaler is what she's trying to say yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) so even though I think I said it's like a five to seven months for the average person to be able to do this through hike. There are people who can do it even quicker. There was somebody named Jennifer Davis, and she was able to do a through hike of 2,189 miles in 46 days, 11 hours, and 20 minutes.
0: That's really specific. Yeah, well, <laughs> so she was specific.
1: timed um, uh, Okay. <laughs> because this was a huge challenge. And now she was able to do it that quickly because she had a team that would like make sure that that she was okay help her out if she needed it the next reality show right um, but there was a man who did it without a team in like 52 days So if you think about, um, oh, God, everybody has a Fitbit these days, it seems like. Yep, see, (laughs) she's got one on. Or your cell phone tells you how many steps you're taking. And everybody is trying to get those 10,000 steps in. So if you think about that, you know, every day people are struggling, like walking around in their driveway at night, trying to get those 10,000 steps while they play uh, Pokemon Go and those sorts of things. Yeah, of course. To be able to hike the entire Appalachian Trail, that's over 5 million steps. If you think about somebody doing the entire Appalachian Trail in 46 days, she had to take 108,000 steps a day. That's blows my mind.
0: Mind-boggling. Yeah. Why? Wow. calves It's she calves. Wants to get
1: calves. She wants those damn walnuts. <laughs> That's what she wants.
0: She's getting ready for Christmas.
1: Fuck the Nutcracker. We've got Jennifer Davis over here with the
0: calves. Bring your all your nuts. <laughs>
1: um so another great thing about the trail i wonder see they could have gave her walnut cracker as her uh nickname because if you're going to through hike nobody uses their real names everybody has some sort of cute like um nickname so some of those are things like chipmunk or Mudflap. i imagine that went to a trucker who was doing it (laughs) yeah um muggle for maybe some Harry Potter fan. Oh I love it. But I think my favorite one that I've heard of is Sensitive Pigeon. <laughs> and I don't even know how somebody gets that name, but I love it. It I'm sure there's a story. And I know really to hear good it. story. <laughs> so Sensitive Pigeon, if you were listening to this Please email us and let us know how you got that new name At
0: Appalachia, after after dark, dark. at gmail.com, please. Yes, yes We're we are monitoring. <laughs> we are waiting to hear from you. Yes, sensitive pigeon. <laughs> Love to hear that story.
1: But I think one of my favorite stories about uh, the Appalachian Trail is that when somebody says, Oh, I'm going to go hike the Appalachian Trail, you figure they're gonna go hack the Appalachian Trail. But as of two thousand nine, when somebody says, oh, I'm gonna go hack the Appalachian Trail, It can have a whole other meaning to that. And that's because there is a governor in South Carolina named Mark Sanford. And he was supposed to be at the state capitol, but disappeared for about six days. And all of his staff said, oh, he's out hiking the Appalachian Trail. Well, it turned out that Sanford was actually visiting his mistress in Argentina. (laughs) Um, And when that was found out, everybody started using that euphemism um, for, you know, having sex or an affair, it's hiking the Appalachian Trail.
0: (laughs) I'm going to go. No, I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) Uh, Sanford is still uh, in the U.S. House of Representatives, I
0: believe. Of course he is.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, so that's a little bit of the background um, on the Appalachian Trail. It's gorgeous. I'll post a couple of the pictures I took as we were hiking up there. Um, It's really, you get to see so much diversity, too, when you're on it. If you think you're going all the way from Maine to Georgia, think of all the different wildlife and flowers and trees you're going to be able to see. Uh, It's really, really captivating to be able to be in it and the quietness that it brings. If you are going by yourself or just with a small group, you tend to want to be quiet because that's... Uh, To me, that's what nature does to me. It just makes me want to be quiet and think about what's going on and just sort of get in my own head, which can be good or really bad sometimes, depending on my anxiety level.
0: Well, when I feel like I have to be quiet, I want to talk a lot. (laughs) So I'd be like talking really loud hopefully to run off bears I'll probably get mauled I know I would
1: well and you you're supposed to make some noise especially if you're going to be in bear country uh, and my friend Jenny always jokes that whenever she's in the Great Smoky Mountains where there's a lot of black bears she goes I, I know I'm not supposed to but I'm as quiet as I possibly can be because I just want to see a bear so bad <laughs> no you don't <laughs> and she tells her daughter who's uh, I think she's like 13 or 14 she goes now what are you supposed to tell people if mommy gets killed by Bear in the woods, and she rolls her eyes and says, She died scared but happy.
0: <laughs> oh, that's really good. I love it. That's oh. really good. Where is the closest trail to thing? us right yeah. now? Probably,
1: um, I would go into Virginia or tennessee probably would be your closest one
0: really mm-hmm. hmm. i would think it's really interesting
1: but i don't know for sure <laughs> but i'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's where you're gonna find your closest one
0: more research on that i guess so. yeah. and I'm if you all know it. let us know absolutely we are right now in hazard yeah kentucky woo <laughs> well i will talk about my friend connie and her experience on the Appalachian Trail. First of all, let me talk about Connie a minute. She is a wonderful, wonderful lady, and she devotes a lot of her time to Wolf Dog Rescue. Awesome. We will do a post or a link to her sanctuary. It's called Refuge Ridge, Mm -hmm. and it is in Williamsburg, Kentucky. And right now they have puppies. Oh, my goodness. They have puppies. She posted on Facebook. Maybe last night. Apparently, these puppies are a handful, and they spend spend a lot of energy keeping them from eating the place down. (laughs) So, just wonderful, wonderful lady, and the folks that help with that rescue, they're just amazing people. So cool. Yeah, they uh, rescued one uh, dog, and he, wolf dog, and he um, had been on a log chain most of his life. And um, he's happy. They have their enclosures, and they're they're well taken care of. And so, can you go visit? You can. <gasps> yeah. And you know what you can do? You like, can donate. Ooh. Cool. <laughs> because they, you know, they run it pretty much. If they don't get donations, then they run it from their own funds. So. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm definitely going to be able to give and go visit.
0: Uh, it's going to be great. I mean, especially now that they have puppies. They oh, the puppies are beautiful. <laughs> they are so beautiful. I just want to fluff them up. Oh. But Connie has been hiking. The trail for about seven years and i always notice when she goes you know just the post when she can get a post out I, i'm always like what are they doing next where yeah. are they gonna be are they okay and um the person she hikes with i've known for years too so they're both friends it's just something that you know she is um, feels really strongly about it i guess it's healing i don't know yeah. i mean i guess and doing that and being out there in the wilderness but here's some stuff from her account she said that when they do hike, it's they go anywhere from seven to fourteen miles a day, and I guess that would depend on, you know, uphill, downhill, rough terrain. I don't know how that, you know, how even it is, and I don't mm-hmm. know. I've never been on that Appalachian Trail, but usually during their trips, they hike anywhere between seven hundred to eight hundred miles that is amazing so they're section hikers right yeah section okay. hikers. i've got got some lingo here yeah but yeah in talking about how um
1: the elevation changes are with the appalachian trail those flat spots you don't see very
0: often see i was kind of imagining just a you know nice path nope <laughs> damn I'm- it not sure I'm going to be on that anytime soon. <laughs> but one thing cool that Connie does, which would scare me to death, is they do blue blazing. And pretty much what that means is they they go off trail. Yeah. I don't have a good enough sense of direction to find my way back. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I don't. Yeah. She said usually when they do Blue Blaze, they just see something. They see amazing things. Yeah. Just beautiful, beautiful beautiful scenery. She said there's a lot to love about hiking the trail. It awakens your senses because it becomes about survival. Mm, Yeah. I mean, we've got so many things to just distract us this day and age. Oh, yeah. I think it would be nice to
1: disconnect it's mm-hmm. one of
0: my favorites.
1: That's, yeah. You know, um, I went from June 22nd and came back on July 1st. And it was beautiful. I mean, I had, like, I had my work phone and my work computer. And I did check in every once in a while. Um, you know, I needed to. But for the most part, I was pretty disconnected and... It's been a long time since I've done that, and it almost felt like I was having withdrawals because I'm so used to being connected, mm-hmm. uh, and it was hard to come back to a place where people can get me at any time they want.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to be said about taking care of yourself and mm-hmm. shutting out the world. It's so hard, though. It's It really now. is. She said that their focus was basically shelter, food, water, safety. Yep. So... Not who's posted what on Facebook. (laughs) She said that when they start their hike, their backpacks are typically around 25 pounds. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine. It'd be like packing a chunky toddler around. Yeah. I I just, you know.
1: So we hiked up at Red River Gorge um, back in April, and our packs were probably about... 25 pounds because we took a backpacking trip which means that we're not camping out of the car you have to pack everything you need in and hacked a you know few miles in camped overnight, and and hacked back and we did that with our three-year-old so when he got tired we had to pack him so it was like holding 25 pounds on your back and then carrying about 30 pounds in your arms it was exhausting
0: oh my goodness
1: i bet it was Uh, but it was a lot of fun because we took you know our great dane with us and he had a blast of being out in nature
0: i love max (laughs) and our great danes are on instagram that's true if you want to check them out they are adorable aren't they though yep and babies Big, big babies. Oh, God. <laughs> um, she talked about having to filter water mm-hmm. and that sometimes it was hard to find.
1: Yeah.
0: And she said she drank from, filtered from some pretty questionable places. but oh, I bet. But never got sick, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. They carried dehydrated food and... Cooked on backpacker stoves. I remember those from when I was a kid. We <laughs> camped out a lot. I think I got my camping in when I was a kid. I just don't much want to do it. Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> I met my quota for it. I'm good. Things
0: I really did. Yeah. There was a lot of camping. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing. Um, she said that they would have really good meals. Good. I mean,
1: you can eat pretty good on the trail.
0: I bet. You, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the views are spectacular. She says. And they always would try to go when the wildflowers flower, wild were in bloom. Mm-hmm. I love wildflowers. They're my favorite. The spring is such a good time to be up on the trail. Yeah.
1: The rhododendron bushes are just gorgeous. you got Mount Laurel oh, yeah. going in this area,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. It's nice. I love wildflowers and all of that. And allergy medicines. Good.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. Lots <laughs> and really lots good. of allergy
0: medicine. <laughs> she said that everything... That she saw was amazing. Yeah, and the night sky was absolutely beautiful.
1: To not have the light pollution you get in cities, it's like a whole other sky.
0: Mm-hmm. I can't. I don't know. I. I don't think I've seen anything that clear. I mean, I mean, I live in the country, but maybe not from the top of a mountain. I'm right. sure it would be a lot better. Yeah. She said that a lot of times they would try to do a campfire mm-hmm. if it was allowed. Right. So, um, I don't know the rules on that. If you where you know you can have a campfire or not.
1: Yeah, there are just some places that you can't do it, or like in some places you can't bring outside firewood. You're gonna have to find things there to be able to do the fire with. Because if you think, um, you know, so we live in Kentucky and we have access to firewood. Like my husband's dad does a firewood standing red river gorge so if we took some of that into red river gorge not a big deal if we took that and then maybe took it into virginia or up in maine you're bringing in a whole other set of possible bugs and diseases that could take it over those trees there so they don't want you to bring any outside firewood
0: i had no idea yeah wow that's really interesting she said one of her best experiences was hiking and camping with wild ponies oh my god I bet they were beautiful awesome. i bet they were gorgeous now i want to hang out with wild ponies <laughs> and those uh little wolves she talked about hiking in the rain and that she just didn't like it at all yeah it's It is not a good feeling to be wet and not know when you'll ever feel dry again. I don't don't know that feeling. Yeah, and if you get (laughs) (laughs) your
1: your feet really really wet, I mean, you can have a lot of issues.
0: I bet you can. Probably the most miserable time I had was going to the Highland Games at Grandfather Mountain in Mm -hmm. North Carolina, and it was just so wet and soggy. But I got to dry off. I yeah. didn't have to stay in it. Right. We never did see the tip of Grandfather Mountain. Really? It's shrouded in fog. Hmm. wonder if people hike up there. Um, I, yeah, they do. I, you probably can't breathe up there. <laughs> she said one night they endured five thunderstorms. Oh, my like goodness. Five different storms rolled in. When it is raining, she said that they're at the mercy of Mother Nature. Mm -hmm. And then the trail can become really slick and very dangerous. Yep.
1: You really have to watch how you're walking and where you're stepping.
0: Shoot. I was walking to, my family and I went to Eagle Falls. Mm -hmm. It's part of Cumberland Falls. And there was a rock. It was just kind of sloped downhill. And it was way, like... All you could get was like a slick surface. I feel right on that thing. Like Ooh. my foot slipped. It wouldn't have been so bad, but people from out of town <laughs> were standing there. Oh, are you okay? I'm
1: fine.
0: <laughs> I'm fine. Don't. Look you're, at me.
1: You're too embarrassed. But
0: remember, you'll never see them again. I hope not.
1: <laughs> I, I hope they're listening to this going,
0: I saw it. Yeah, I saw her fall in her big orange shirt. <laughs> you know, we don't want any hunters to yeah. <laughs> shoot me. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. But um, she talked about how hiking sometimes gets mundane. It's like you're walking and walking, kind of like in Lord of the Rings, like how, how long did Frodo walk? Right. <laughs> like forever. Probably a little longer than she <laughs> oh, I would say so. <laughs> um, but sometimes you just didn't see anything that was just sticks, I guess, and yeah. woods and that kind of thing. Um, and she said, hiking the AT... Means lots and lots of mountains. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, I'm good. I'm good. Um, she said that they were up and down for hours and hours, so mm-hmm. just not sleeping good or just I don't know. It would scare me to death. I mean, my security light outside was uh, dimmed because we had lightning, and I had to take something and throw it in the garbage. And it was off, and, and it scared me to death because I thought I heard a sound and, like, ran in my house like an idiot. So, I don't know. I mean, I know there's no streetlights up there. I just can't. No. I, I can't yeah. imagine. That's
1: one of the things that uh, Jason and Toy, our friends from Louisiana, talked about when we were driving at night. I mean, just driving on the road, but, of course, in the park. They were like, there are no streetlights. Mm-hmm. It is, like, dark, dark.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It is a whole other kind of dark when you're out in the woods that way.
0: It's really creepy when your electricity knocks out and the security knocks out, the security <laughs> light knocks out, and you're like, oh my God, there's, I'm sure that ghost under the bed's going to get me anytime. <laughs> anyway, back to the trail. She said that the main spooky thing that she's encountered is you just don't know what kind of animals are going to be around. Right. And that would scare me to death. She said um, they've been surrounded by coyotes. They heard wolves howling and seen many, many bears. Oh, yeah. I'm sure she would probably be part of the wolf pack. <laughs> oh, you take care of our kind. Okay, you're in. <laughs> you smell like my cousin Lenny. Yeah. <laughs> she said one night coyotes played at their campsite. Oh my gosh, it is so sweet. But don't bite until me. they murder you. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you may have covered this, but there are no campgrounds. You just have to find a place, mm-hmm. and that would be that would be really hard. I mean, just.
1: Well, and in some places, though, you may walk along. And if people aren't, you know, like good stewards of the land, you can tell a lot where people have camped before. But what you want to do is try to leave it just as you found it, if
0: Mm -hmm. possible. Yeah. She said it can get scary out there. Not another person around for miles. Mm -hmm. Which might be good if they're creepy people. (laughs) They can stay away. She said, every morning involves breaking the camp down, packing up, and hiking another day. And Mm -hmm. so it's just really hard work. It sounds like hard work. It sounds like there's a huge reward, but it just sounds really hard. She said, one evening we were getting ready to camp, set up the camp, and we smelled heavy cigarette smoke. Mm -hmm. We were freaking out (laughs) that some madman was Oh goodness! <laughs> this is her quote. She said, "I was truly scared. Then a camp. Then a man came up from the creek, spoke, and walked on." <laughs> it's like, where did he come from? I mean, just like, <laughs> where did you come from? Where did you from? Where did you come from, God? Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and probably my favorite part of the story that she told me, just kind of her experience, is when they found a old Episcopal village. Hmm. Uh, I think she was blue blazing when she oh, found it. Gotcha. She said it was in ruins, and I do have pictures. She gave me permission to use them. Oh, great. Yeah, she's in a couple of them. Um, I've looked at the pictures a lot, and it just blows my mind. Yeah. There are structures still standing, not That's that many. Awesome. There's like a chimney, like where maybe something like a house had been and there's steps kind of going to nowhere and there's like two structures in the pictures that she sent me Mm -hmm. and they're two really foggy not clear pictures so when she found this uh, episcopal village i believe it's in the shenandoah mountains Mm -hmm. um i can't remember exactly she said it, it was really really silent no birds no nature sounds and let me tell you,
1: if you're in nature, we talk about the quietness of nature, but there is that like background hum of birds and little squirrels moving in trees and, uh, you know, sticks breaking and maybe water off in the distance and wind through the trees. So there is definitely noise. Um, so to be like silent and just empty of that would be really,
0: really frightening, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, and you know, you see in movies and things like that where people are out in the woods and mm-hmm. you know, something bad's gonna happen and you nothing, no sounds. <laughs> I just think that would really be creepy. Oh, uh, yeah. Because you know, from her experience, that it was just a really creepy mm-hmm. place. I mean, they explored it but were on edge the whole time. Right. She sent a picture of a tree that had been struck by lightning, and she said that um, it looked like the Grim Reaper to her. Ooh. And it looked, to me, it looks like a Japanese anime character. hmm And somebody, I think uh, my friend Danielle said, it looks like this certain kind of Japanese anime character that is a Grim Reaper. Oh, <laughs> so interesting. I was like, oh, <laughs> hell. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> That's really bad. Um, When they saw that, it freaked them out. Oh, yeah. And they got out of there. She said, after about a mile of hiking away from this Episcopal village, they started hearing birds and nature sounds.
1: That is so...
0: Creepy. It makes you wonder, it's like, what is it about that place? I bet it felt heavy.
1: It's probably just like in its own little bubble, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Ugh,
0: we're going to have to figure out exactly where that is because I want to go. I don't want to <laughs> go. <laughs> I'll, I'll just report back. Do an Apple and postcard. <laughs> <laughs> she said that they had ran into a couple once, just pretty upset because a bear got their stuff. Oh, They got their a food. feeling and they came back while they were in their tents and oh got the rest God. of their stuff yeah so they had to get off the trail and, and you know my question is is how do you exit off the trail I mean are there there are different places <laughs> not like
1: the interstate oh <laughs> but, but there are definitely places like I'm thinking um so if you are hiking and come up on Klingman's Dome so there's trails at shelters that are like three or four miles away from Klingman's dome so if you're there and you hike on out to Klingman's dome you can have somebody meet you with a car because it's quite a ways into town but then you could go somewhere that way and of course those shelters you can go to and in those shelters you can find things that you need to oh okay yeah and just little stop-offs along different towns
0: Hmm. Maybe I need to go so I can conceptualize it. Yeah, you should. So like a mile. Maybe when, hike a mile. Well,
1: there you go. Hey, maybe there two no miles.
0: I did two miles. Maybe like a total of four when I did um, Eagle Falls. It was it was really hot that day, so it was pretty rough.
1: That's why it's good to go in the. That's why it's good to go in the spring too, because it's not nearly as hot as you're going to get it um, when you're in the summer months, mm-hmm. which is why people tend to go up north in the summer because it's going to be a little cooler too. Yeah. But a friend of ours that my husband works with is taking a sabbatical from work, and he is hacking part of the trail, and um, you know, over a few months time. But he knows of places he can stop off and get picked up by his wife and daughter, and they can spend a little time together, or they'll jump on the trail there, hike with them a little bit, and then jump back off, that sort of thing.
0: Okay. That's pretty neat. And exhausting.
1: Yes. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) Okay. But she talked about bear bagging their food every night, um, All the, anything with a scent. Yep. That way you wouldn't wake up to a bear, like, eating your food or even your face.
1: Your, yeah, even your toothpaste has to go up, mm-hmm. anything with a smell.
0: That's what she said. And she, you know, she was aware that there have been murders that have taken place mm-hmm. on the trail. And I think Morgan's going to talk about, one said attempt. Murder? We'll see. Yeah. Something like that in the next episode. She said they just really tried to not think about that Mm -hmm. because I guess that would be a big deterrent. Like if you're really paranoid and, you know, worried about people killing you, you're probably not going to want to go. Yeah, pretty much. So, you know, I do know people hike the trail by their. by themselves, mm-hmm. but I would think it would be better to not go alone.
1: It's, you know, everything's better in pairs anyway, sure. so you're not also, mm-hmm. you know, I talk about wanting to be left alone with your thoughts, but there are times you don't want to be left alone with your thoughts, so no, myself, it'd be nice yeah. to have somebody else, mm-hmm. and, you know, to help carry the load, or, you know, maybe they can cook that night, and you can rest, and that sort of thing.
0: A Sam to your Frodo. Yeah, and exactly. There go. <laughs> but she said they really just remain cautious of people and surroundings, and, you know, uh, kind works um does some part time work in the behavioral health field so she's well aware <laughs> of, right. of people and who to be cautious of so i guess i would be overly cautious because i'm you know in the behavioral health field too so i'm probably a little too cautious though so <laughs> maybe somewhat paranoid i think that the appalachian trail is really amazing mm-hmm. it, it might not be for me, but um, I really enjoy hearing stories about it and learning about it. Uh, the things that you've shared has been very eye opening. I might hike it one day.
1: You'll have to come with
0: me or Connie or maybe yeah. go Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, that would be great. I'm
1: not doing seven or eight hundred miles. No.
0: Can we film it like a like Blair Witch kind of? <laughs> No, no, no. I don't want to set us us up for a scary story.
1: So long as I get to be the one in the
0: corner with the snot. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) Never mind. But that's all she has about the Appalachian Trail. I'm sure she'll be gearing up to go again before too long. I think it's really amazing that people can do that and take the time. Well, first of all, I think it's amazing you can take the time off and go do that. Um, I I don't have that luxury all the time. Yeah it would be a really good experience yeah I think you know some
1: people probably do this right after graduate from college Mm -hmm. before they start work some people you know who are um, elderly may do it once they have retired from work mm-hmm. and then people um, like Chris who are going to be able to take a sabbatical from work to do it. I think it's awesome that he works for a place that
0: that's really
1: you know great. that's a possibility for him
0: mm-hmm. well that's the Appalachian Trail
1: that is awesome so this is the first part to our two-part story really revolving around the Appalachian Trail so in our second part we'll go over you know I'll have A story about some of the murder that Alina alluded to, and I know she has a story as well that she'll be sharing about something that happened to someone on the Appalachian Trail. So uh, we are excited to bring you our second part. So please stay tuned and check that out as
0: well. The mountains are calling. And I must go, but I'm not sure I'll hack it.
1: <laughs> I might. <laughs> so um, hopefully we will uh, see you next time. Lord willing and the creek. don't
0: rise. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to Appalachia After Dark. We will be releasing bi-weekly episodes featuring a story from Alina and Morgan and also the Appalachia Postcard. So you can check us out on
1: appalachiaafterdark.podbean.com or on iTunes where you can rate and review us. Please make sure to check out our social media pages with our Facebook page, Appalachia After Dark Podcast, and our closed Facebook group, Appalachia after dark you can check us out on instagram at appalachia after dark or on twitter at aad podcast and please make sure that you email us with any stories or ideas at appalachia after Dark at gmail.com thanks y'all